Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Woohoo! Glory. Matthew 7, 24. I'll start there reading. We're going to read through 27. Jesus said these words. This is like at the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. And, and uh, he said this. He said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, he said, I'll liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not, he'll be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. There's, there's a lot of places we can go, and we have gone with these scriptures, but the one thing I want to point out this morning is this. Two men, totally different circumstances, but, but I, what, what it does show us clearly is this. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing in life, the wind is going to blow, the rain is going to fall, all these things are going to beat upon your life, and it doesn't mean that you did something wrong, it doesn't mean that you're out of God's will, it doesn't mean that you're a sinner, it just means this, that you're alive, and you're on planet Earth, and you're breathing air, okay? That's going to happen. So, oh, man, I thought you were going to give me good news, Pastor. Well, I am giving you good news, because here's the cool thing about it, is even though all these things happen to everybody, everybody in life, no one's exempt. You know, even if you're really spiritual, and, and, and do the Word, and get up every morning and do your Charles Capps confessions, and all this kind of stuff, you're still going to have storms come into your life. The difference is, is that when the dust settles and the winds stop and the rains quit, you're going to be standing, okay? I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to remain standing. And so what I'm talking about, you know, last week and today are some things that you and I can do to ensure that when the, the rain stops and the winds cease and all these things stop, that we're the kind of people that are going to stay standing. Sound all right? Now, you know, I went off on a, a bend last week on one of these things. We talked about thinking right. But, you know, some of the other things that, that were, were in my little scenario of, of, of facts here is, is one thing when, when the winds of life blow and the storms of life blow is you've got to be someone who's a prayer. And, you know, be someone who's a quick, quick to pray prayer. You know, when situations arise in life, be quick to go to God and team up with Him. Because that's what prayer is really about. Prayer is simply joining forces with God. Sometimes we think, you know, well, you know, God knows what I'm through, going through. Why should I even pray? Well, let me tell you something. God asked you to pray. He said, call unto me and I'll answer you. He said, you have not because you ask not. You know, so I, I don't want to be guilty of the, the, the whole not asking thing. So I, I want to say this. Let's be quick to go to God and pray. Some people will say, yeah, but I don't really know how to pray. I'm not very eloquent. I don't even know King James. I don't know how to say the if at the end of my words. You're all right. God understands it if you don't say if at the end of the words. He understands you if you don't spit. He understands you if you don't, you know, squalor and holler and do any of that stuff. He understands you if you just plain talk. Like you're talking to a friend. Like you're talking to, you know, your best friend on the phone. You know, or chatting or something. 
I mean, he knows that kind of stuff. He knows all the languages. All he wants is your heart connecting with him and saying, I'm looking to you, God. I'm inviting you into this situation. Help me. Help me. You know, some people don't pray because they don't think they know how to pray. Don't let that be an excuse. Just be you. Be you and go to God. He knows who you are. He knows everything you're doing anyway. Just don't try to put on some kind of a false pretense. Just go there and be you and talk to him real. Okay? Some people don't pray too because they think everything that happens is God's will. None of you guys think that. I know that. But, but I'm telling you, I'm just, I tell you, I can't say this enough, it seems, because the devil says the contrary out there. But everything that happens in the earth is not God's will. I, I hear people, I'm just continually amazed. I, I can tend to live in a bubble. And I think that the whole world thinks like I think, you know? And they're not, they're not going off on these weird tangents. But, but every now and then, I'm just shaken to reality to see, oh, people don't think like that. Some people think... So I've heard people say, you know, I'd serve God if, if he wasn't so mean, if there wasn't all these wars and rumors in life. I've known personally people that got bitter towards God because of tragic things that have happened in their life. And they blamed God, you know, and God had nothing to do with it. God started this world. He put a man and a woman in a garden and everything was cool. And he gave that man and that woman authority. And God's the kind of God that he says, I gave you authority. He expects you to use the authority that he gives you. He doesn't just give you authority and then every time you're going to blow it, step in and say, oh, let me step in here. He doesn't do that. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to rise up. He wants you to use the authority that God's given to you. So it's important that you take a stand in life. It's important that you pray. You know, where would we be today if Adam had faced the temptation that he faced and said, God, I need help. And God would have showed up. on. I don't know. I can't go there. You know what? I'm not mad at Adam either. I believe Adam's in heaven. I don't know about you. You I don't know if I can totally prove that from the Bible. I believe that, though. I believe he is. And, And you know what? There's no condemnation for Adam. Because the truth is, I would have probably blown it quicker than he did. You know, probably. Still do. Man, you've been watching me, Mary? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So, so you know, um, I, I, I was wanted to read this scripture too. Well, one, I'm going to read this one. In, in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, Don't fret or have anxiety about anything. This is amplified. But in every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And it goes on, it says, in the peace of God will wrap itself around your mind and keep you, you know, free from the anxiety and the, the stress of the world. So don't fret or have anxiety about most things. <laughs> That's wrong. That's wrong. It says don't fret or have anxiety about anything about anything, but in everything, cast your cares on the Lord. You can walk through life carefree. That doesn't mean you're apathetic. It doesn't mean you don't love people, but it means this. You don't need to let the cares and the stress of the world control you. Just throwing it out there. All right, Ephesians 6.18. These are just some prayer scriptures I couldn't ignore. 
It says this, you know, this is the, if you don't know this, it's Ephesians 6.18 is what comes right at the end of putting the armor of God on, okay? It's where he tells you to put on the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, all these kinds of things. And then he says this, he goes right into this in verse 18, he says, And pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, he's saying this, man, there's a mission God's called you to on the earth. There's something that you can make a difference right here on planet earth. And it's, it's called the adventure. It's called the lifestyle of prayer. It says, gird yourself up, man. Step into the role, you know, and, 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 and be a prayer warrior. Wow, what a cool thing you can be. I'm telling you what, your prayers make a difference. Prayer changes things on the earth. Prayer changes lives on the earth. If you're a parent, man, don't ever quit praying for your kids because your prayers make a difference in their life. What am I, I don't know what I'm going to do about Johnny. I don't know. He's just going the wrong way. I don't know. What am I going to do? Pray. Okay? We have testimony here in this church of people that have prayed for their kids and their kids have come in. Okay? Don't ever quit. Sometimes it takes, some things don't, things don't happen, you know, on Tuesday, you know. Sometimes you have to stand on some things, you know. You got you to gotta be firm and not be wavering. You got to hold tight. A couple of translations I personally like about Ephesians 6, 18. Johnson says, cultivate a continuous attitude of prayer for yourself and for the God family. The Norley Bible says, pray much and at every opportunity. Use every kind of prayer and entreaty. Pray in the Spirit. Another one says, pray with unceasing prayer and entreaty on every fitting occasion in the Spirit. And always be alert to seize opportunities for doing so. With unwearied persistence and entreaty on behalf of all God's people. That was the Weymouth version. Then the Goodspeed says, uh, use every kind of prayer and entreaty and at every opportunity pray in the Spirit. I like that. So we want to be people of prayer. Because that can make the difference in life. It can help you to stand when the storms are blowing. We talked last week about increasing our thinking about God. So here's the deal. You know, when, when pressures and stress and, and all these storms and stuff come against you as a human being, you know what? One of the first things that, that, that can tend to go, you know, uh, faulty and go the wrong way is the sting between your ears. It's your mind and how you think about a situation. It can throw you off, can, you know, really in a bad way. Because, you know, you're just, you're walking through life, if you're like me, you're just walking through life and pressures come and, and, and almost instantly thoughts come into your head. And you don't, if you're not careful, you don't realize that those thoughts are coming from the enemy. Because they seem so natural. They seem so natural. They seem like, well, that's just me, you know. Well, you don't have stupid thoughts. God don't have stupid thoughts. Those stupid thoughts come from the devil. And everything that comes by your mind doesn't need to be, you know, dwelt upon. Just, you know, Brother Hagin was famous for saying, just because a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you should let it build a nest in your hair. I never let birds build nests in my hair. <laughs> Even makes me kind of nervous when I'm out in the garden and a hummingbird flies over me. You know, I feel like they're going to dive bomb me. But you know what? You don't need to get all uptight about thoughts. You know, just because a thought comes into your head that's wrong doesn't mean you sinned either. It means you're a human being, okay? 
But the thing is, is if, if negative thoughts, bad thoughts, you know, even, you know, wrong, lustful thoughts come into your head, hello, wake up, tell them to go. <laughs> okay? Say, so I'm not going to think like that. You know, I'm going to think on something else. You know, I'm going to think on things that are good and pure. I'm going to think about God who's, who's living in me, and he's the greater one. He's bigger, bigger than any challenge that I'm facing. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to act like the Bible's true. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to act like God is who he says he is. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to act like there really was a death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm living on the other side of it. Did that really make a difference? Yeah, it really made a difference. Yeah, it did. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is so practical, you know, it, it, it's amazing. All right, it says in um, Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So, you know, you and I are responsible for what we allow in our heads. You know, don't feed on the wrong things. Don't continually fill your head with wrong and negative thoughts. Don't allow your head... To be a garbage can. You know, monitor that thing. Monitor that head and say, you know, you know, we talked about Adam in the garden, you know, and he blew it. And, you know, I've blown it. And, and we all have a garden, okay? And we have authority. And just because something comes and knocks on the door doesn't mean we need to let it in. Okay? So stand up. And take, take, uh, monitor the thoughts that are trying to come into your, into your, between your ears and say, I'm going to be a little choosy today. I'll allow that thought in, but I'm not allowing that one. I refuse to think on that thought. These are principles of success. All right. Number three, you know, uh, stress and challenges storms, winds of life are blowing against you. How am I going to stand? How am I going to be the person that's standing when the dust settles or the rain stops? Well, the, other, the third thing I'm going to tell you is increase your hearing from God. Increase your hearing from God. It is unrealistic. It is just a lie to think that you can be strong and stand unless you're hearing from God. Now, someone says, well, I really want God to speak to me. How, how, how do I hear from God? Well, here it is. This, my friends, is God speaking to you. Pick this thing up and say, all right, God, what do you have to say to me today? You know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, another tip. I spend most of my time hearing God in the New Testament. No, I don't. I read the Old Testament too, but even if I read them in the Old Testament, I read it in my, in the light of the New, because this is where we live today. That's right. This is current stuff to us today. Every word in here is profitable and can be used for doctrine and 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 growth in God. I've been had my socks blown off reading the Psalms. But I'm telling you what, read the New Testament, find out who you are in Christ. This is God speaking to you. Yeah, but pastor, I, I'd really like an audible word from God. Well, it's, you're, you're, it's okay. This is the thing. Read the word out loud. Okay? <laughs> Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Okay? Well, I wish he'd speak a little louder to me. Well, 
That's why we have the Amplified Bible, okay? <laughs> so you get an Amplified Bible and you read it out loud and, and you'll be set, I'm telling you, okay? So as you're going through, through things, you know, I was thinking about this this week. You know, I've told this story before in church, but I love it. There's this guy, his name is Terry Mize. Does anybody know him or remember me telling this story? You might know it if I, if I go on a little more. Terry Mize, Terry and Jackie Mize were missionaries down in South America. I think it was Guadalajara or one of them guat words, you know. Not guacamole, but guat something. I think it was Guatemala. I think. And Terry, you know, they're missionaries down there. They're out of John Osteen's church. And, and uh, John told them, Terry says, come on up here, and I got a, a sound system I'd like to give you. So Terry got in his car, and he drove from Guat to Lahara, I believe, up to, to Houston to pick up this sound system from, from, from his church. And so he's on his way back down to, to his wife and kid, and, and, and uh, he's driving along, and, and he does, I tell you, he does not abounding in, 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 in his pocketbook. He, doesn't, he has just enough money, really, to get home with the gas in his tank, okay? But he's got a sound system, man, so he's feeling grand. And, you know, you can do a lot as a missionary with a sound system. We used to do, do crusades in some of these towns that didn't have electricity, but we had a generator, you know? Can I tell you something? More than once, I carried generators down to Haiti in my carry-on bag. This was before 9-11, and they didn't have any kind of security like that, and I didn't even know it was wrong. But I did, I do, I must have known something, because I did try to carry the thing and kind of smile, like, <laughs> up there on the, on the thing. More than once, Honda generators, you know? We'd buy them and we'd bring them down there. <laughs> this is on the internet, but anyway. But we did that. We did that, and we'd have a crusade. I remember having a crusade up in, in this town called Peon. Yeah, you heard me right. It was called Peon, uh, Haiti. <laughs> I'm telling you, they didn't have electricity in this town. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, the whole town was down during the day down at the river washing clothes and stuff. And I always remember Terry, Terry Nelson and I, we were down there, you know, and we, we, we went down and we thought we'd act just like everybody. And we washed our clothes down in the river, you know. We weren't real experienced, and they probably laughed behind our backs. But we were down there washing clothes and just, just you know, doing this kind of thing. Dana doesn't even let me wash clothes because she's probably seen me do it. But anyway... <laughs> She, I tried to iron the first week we were married, and she looked at that. She says, Paul, you'll never iron again. <laughs> Guys, just a tip. <laughs> Take heed, Joel. No. <laughs> um, so Terry and I are down there scrubbing our stuff in the river, man, just trying to be like everybody, you know, because we were having a big crusade that night, and we go back to our room. I mean, you know, it's hot in Haiti. I mean, you know, who knows how hot it is. We didn't have any way of telling. Over 100 degrees for sure. But, but, you know, we, we get back to our place where we were staying, which was the, a, a hospital that was in the process of being built. And, and so we went to our room. Terry and I shared a room. And we said, oh, let's take a nap, man. We had a big crusade tonight, you know. And so we'd lay down, took a nap. And we got up, man. Our whole room was full of flies. The whole room was full of flies. I said, my, this is unusual even for Haiti. And, and, and I kind of investigated, and I looked around, and I saw this this item of clothing, I think it was a pair of pants that Terry had been washing down at the river. 
And here's a very important tip, is that when you're washing clothes in the river, you got to be careful which way the stream is flowing from the donkeys, you know? And, and Terry had picked up this thing, you know, while he was scrubbing, and it attracted flies, need I say any more? So we were not experienced. But, but what I was going to tell you with all that is that, yeah, you rub it in good. But, but <laughs> we, we went up and, you know, we didn't have any big calling card or anything, but all we did is we went and vroom, pulled the generator, started, got some power, and we showed a Jesus film in French, which was their language. And I'm telling you what, the whole town came out. The whole town came out to watch this. The end of the thing, you know, we got up with an interpreter and gave an altar call, and, and it was tremendous. And we did that like three nights in a row. What are you going to do in town? I mean, some guy's showing a movie when you don't have electricity. I mean, you've, had, you've been around when the power's out? Hey, they're showing a movie down in the city, city square tonight. Hey, let's go. They all go. So, you know, Terry... You know, this is Terry Mize. I'm shifting gears back to my original sidetrack. Um, Terry Mize uh, was this missionary, and he gets a sound system. I mean, there's a great things you can do with that. And so he's on his way down, and, and as he's driving in the road, he sees a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And he said, he's very clear to tell this when he gives the testimony. He says, God didn't tell me to pick this guy up. He said, but I just saw him, and I thought, you know, we love people. I'm going to just go pick this guy up. So he pulls over to the side of the road, and he picks up the hitchhiker, and the guy gets in the car, and the very first thing he did is he pulled out a gun, and he stick it, stuck it in Terry's side, and he said, he didn't even hardly know any English, but he, what he did say is, I'm going to kill you. I mean, that's not very pleasant. How many would agree with me that is like a storm, you know, like, just like a storm coming in your life? And so Terry, you know, you know, you, sometimes you hear these stories about Moses and Elisha, and you think, man of God, they were just cool as a cucumber. Now, Terry, Terry just was like, what do I do, God? Mm -hmm. And here's one thing I remember he said is, is that while he was driving, he said at that time he had a tape in the tape player. He said it was Kenneth Copeland, and I believe the title of it was How to Live Free from Fear. <laughs> So you know what he said? He said, I just let that thing roll. Because I said, if there was ever a time I needed to know how to be free from fear, and he needed the word in my life right then was the time. So he said, I let that thing roll. And he said, that guy was shoving a gun in my side and saying, I'm going to kill you. And Terry said, I looked at him in the eyeballs, and I said, in Jesus' name, I'm a man of God, and you cannot kill me. Well... You know what happened? The guy got mad, and he continued to shove this gun at Terry. He didn't spoke very little English. Shoved it at Terry and said, I'm going to kill you. Terry continued. Every time he did that, he looked at him and said, I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, I'm a man of God. You can't kill me. And so this went on for, for miles. Finally, the man with the gun told Terry to pull over. I know Terry said this when, he, when I was reading this in his book. It's called More Than Conquerors. He said that, that if you'd have been watching that from the grandstands of heaven, you'd wonder who was ahead. You know, the guy with the gun or the guy getting the, word, the gun shoved in his ribs. Terry said this. He says, I'll tell you who's always ahead is the guy with the word. The guy with the word. So he pulled over to the side of the road, and he got into a field, 
And Terry said that he commanded him to take off his clothes, strip down to his underwear. So Terry, you know, I only say that, finish it to say this, because Terry says this, here I am, God's man of faith and power, standing in the middle of a field in my underwear. I'm telling you what, you don't feel real spiritual when that's going on. I mean, I don't even open the door if I'm standing in my underwear, you know, but here he is, standing there, and the guy's again saying the same thing, and Terry's again answering the same thing. He says, you can't kill me. I'm a man of God. Finally, the guy looked at Terry and said, if you say that one more time, I'm going to kill you. So you know what Terry did? He said, I looked at him again. I said, I'm a man of God, and in Jesus' name, you cannot kill me. So you know what the guy did? He unloaded his gun at Terry, you know, point blank, basically, five feet away. Unloaded his gun. Terry said, all I knew is I was going to believe God and it was up to God what those bullets were going to do. Everyone missed him. Everyone missed him. I don't know. Was the guy a bad shot? I don't know. But all I know is he shot him, unloaded his gun at Terry. Everyone missed him. The guy finally came over to Terry after he got over his shock, gave him his clothes and says, come on, we, should, we can go. Started giving him back everything. Well, anyway, Terry got, got him in the car, and the guy got in the car, and he ended up driving him halfway, you know, as far as he could on his route, and he let him off. He tried to pray with the guy, but he, he sent him away with a definite message. The reason I even went off on this is, is when you're going through a trial, increase your hearing from God. Listen to what God has to say. Spend time in the Word. You can't really live successfully as a believer, you know, without feeding on the Word. Spending time with Him. Pastor, I've heard you say that before. Good, do it. <laughs> Love you guys. Having fun. Proverbs 4, or Proverbs, Mark 4, uh, it says in verse 23, If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said this, Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. It's very important when you're going through a trial. It's very important when you're walking through life that you take heed to what you hear. You know what I'm talking about. You know whatever it is that, that you're going through. Listen to the right thing. Don't feed your brain with the wrong information. Feed it with a message of victory. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a bit. Number four, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a challenge, a storm in life, you know, you've already prayed, you've already took charge of what you're thinking, you're increasing your hearing from God. The next thing that naturally falls in line is this, increase your speaking about God. Increase your speaking about God. What do I mean by that? Declare what God says about you. Declare what God says about the situation you're going through. Someone came up to me in the last couple of weeks, they said, oh, you know, I'm believing God in an area. And they, I, they said, I've been reading the, the Charles Capps book on healing. And I said, and they said, I haven't seen it manifest yet. I says, well, I'll tell you what you do, double up. That's not what people usually want to hear. I said, but double up, double up. What am I saying? Increase your speaking about God. Increase what's coming out of your mouth, the words of God. I'll tell you, God's word in your heart and in your mouth makes a dramatic change in your life. And, 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 and sometimes it happens whew, like that, but a lot of times it takes time. It takes time of being stubborn. It takes time of being persistent. The devil's mean. 
And one thing I'll say about him, I don't like to say much good about him, but one thing I will tell you about the devil, and you need to know this, is he is persistent. And you've got to determine, I'm going to be more persistent than the devil. I'm going to be more, not more of a stinker, but you've got to be more than a bull, of a bulldog than he is. You know what a bulldog's like? A bulldog's like they clamp on a bone, and you don't want to try to even take that bone away. And if you did, I'm telling you what, he won't let go. You could, if you had the strength or the... the the know-how to, know to grab that bone, you'd probably pick the dog up if you could. He'd, he'd just, he wouldn't let go. You've got to be that way with the word. You can't allow you know, your lunch to be stolen. You know, when I was in sixth grade, there was a teacher down the hall, not in my class, but I knew everybody in the class because you know how it is in grade school. They just they ran havoc every day on this lady. She did not know how to control her class. She finally quit after four or five months. She quit, and they put in a, an ex-policeman to take her place. And, and, uh, and this friend of mine that I am still friends with, um, he, uh, he said he used to go grab her lunch every day and go in the coat room and eat it. <laughs> John, if you ever listen to this, I'm telling your story. But uh, um, he'd eat her lunch. Well, you know what? The devil's mean. He'll try to eat your lunch every day. You know what? You need to stand up and say, no, you're not going to eat my lunch. You need to speak the word of God. <laughs> Where did that come from? Anyway, E.W. <laughs> e. Kenyon. I love E.W. Kenyon. He's, he, he's written some of the most books that have had such an impact in my life. Uh, E.W. Kenyon said the reason the majority of Christians are weak, though they're earnest. Did you get that? They're weak, even though they're earnest. You mean you could be earnest and still be weak? Yeah, you could. Apparently so. It says they're weak, uh, though they're earnest. Uh, they're weak because they've never dared to make a confession of who they are in Christ. Whatever God says about you, you, you need to have a time where you boldly stand up and declare it. And, you know, I would say, I'd go as far as to say this. Look yourself in the mirror. How silly is that? Well, just do it with the, the door shut. Don't do it in a public restroom, probably unless you're really bold, but, but you know, when you're at home, you know, you're at home and you're brushing your teeth in the morning, probably after you brush your teeth. You know, it's messy to do it while you're doing it, but, but after you've brushed them, you look yourself in the eyeballs and you declare who you are in Christ. Your words can have a dramatic impact on your life. Now, I'm not talking about positive confession. I'm talking about Bible confession. I'm talking about releasing the power of God in your life. Proverbs 16.23 says that the heart of the wise will teach his mouth and add learning to his lips. You know, this stuff doesn't come natural to anybody. Most of us want to let our mouth go with the circumstances. Most of us want to talk about the mountain. Most of us could really be experts in describing the mountain. But talking about the mountain, describing the mountain, will never move the mountain. You've got to speak to it. You've got to declare things. If there's a mountain in your life of inferiority, you feel like, man, so many people struggle with this. Lack of confidence. I'm telling you what, that is a mountain that can be moved. And I'd tell you what, I'd start by just every day getting up and doing just what I said. I'd look myself in the mirror and I'd begin to declare a trail of what God says you are. Don't let your confidence come from anything except God. 
Let it be rooted and grounded in his word. Let it be in you so deep. You know, I, I've been, I, you know, I love the Charles Capps books, you know, and he's got this trilogy thing where he's got healing and finance and general purpose things. And Dana, she's so cool. She has a leather-bound edition. I mean, I'm not that cool. I can't wear bowling shoes either. I'm not that cool. But, but, but you know, Dana's that cool. She has a leather-bound edition. But I've been just really wanting... And I've, I've, I've commented on this, you know, I've even called up the ministry and I've said, you know, I'd really like it if you'd put that in, in a, what do they call them, Kindle? So I could have it on my phone, you know, that I found this week, you know. I, you know, I, I, Brother Caps, I'd really love it if you'd get this on so I could download it on my phone and everywhere I'm at, you know, I could pull it out and go, yes, I'm more than a conqueror. You know what God told me this week? He says, Paul, you don't need that on your phone. It was probably the day I didn't have my phone. He says, you just need it in your heart. You need it in your heart. So getting his word in your heart and getting it on your mouth, I'll tell you, it's just, it changes things. Number five, I'm going to hit this one because it's so important. You need to, if you're going to overcome the, the, the trials and circumstances of life, you need to tap into the joy that's living on the inside of you. Ah, yeah, the joy. Isaiah 12, it says this. In that day, verse 1, it says, O Lord, I'll praise you. You were angry with me. Thy anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I'll trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Verse 3 is what I wanted. Therefore, with joy... Will you draw water out of the well of your salvation? I got to tell you, man, if you're born again, you've got in you everything you need in life. Salvation is an all-inclusive package. Everything you need in any situation that you're in. But even though you've got it in you, you got to know how to draw it out. And here in Isaiah, one of the methods that's used, and this is like a great method, he says, with joy, you can draw water out of the well of your salvation. So if you're going through hard times, you're going through a trial, a tribulation, you know, and you say, man, wow, whoa, this is tough out here. Winds are blowing. I'm having a hard time keeping my footing. Well, one thing that's like a super booster is, is just, just pull on some joy, pull on some salvation, pull on the well that's on the inside of you. And how do you do that? You do it by joy. And here's what, you're, you know, I don't know about your head, but this is what my head will tell me. He'll say, Paul, you don't feel very joyful. What are you, a hypocrite? No. Well, I'll tell you what, joy doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. You can enter into joy. You know, you can say, just as cold as, 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 as a turkey, so cold as anything, just not, no feeling, nothing. You can go, ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just start dry, man. I tell you, you, know, you don't have any kind of feeling or emotion. Yeah, but I know when other people have done it, even in church, they look like they're really spiritual. No, man, it's not. It's not that at all. Not at all. You just, you just start where you're at, man. And sometimes, you know, when you're, you're pulling up the water, man, you got to crank the thing kind of hard. It doesn't, you know, it takes some energy. So you go, ha, 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 ha. That's H-A-H-A-H-A-A-A-A on the end. Ha, 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 ha. You know, and if that, if it's still like, you know, really a tough one, man, give it a little jig while you're doing it. Ha, 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 
these, man, these are things, man. These are things that'll put you over. I know it seems silly, and I make them silly and stuff, but the seriousness of it is this. This is how you live. This is how you not only survive, but this is how you thrive. This is how you, you, you end up being the one when, when everything around is shaken and sifting and, you know, looks unstable. You're the one who's standing there when everything else is gone. All right. I'll stop here for now. But listen, I, I, one more thing before we close today. I, am, I'm just, I just want to pray with you. If you're here this morning and you don't know for sure that if, if you've got that well of salvation in you, if you're here today and you don't know for sure that if you died you'd go to heaven, today's your day. Today is the day of salvation. Now, I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about today. And I want to tell you this, that, that it's so simple. Most people believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Most people believe that He died and rose again from the dead. But the clincher is this, is you, just like we talked about, you need to pray. And you need to ask Him in your life. You need to take and lay hold on all that He did for you. And you say, I don't know how to do that. That's why we're doing this right now. I'm going to help you. We're going to help you. I'm going to say a prayer if you'll just say it with me. You know, I don't care how bad a stinker you've been, it doesn't matter. We could try to compare who's the worst stinker. It doesn't matter. There's someone who's always been a little stinkier. It doesn't matter, okay? Just pray this with me and mean it, okay? Say it with me. Say, Father God, thank you that you love me. You care about me. I believe in my heart. That Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He died for me. He was raised from the dead. And right now, I lay hold on life. I ask you into my heart. Live in me. Live big in me. Be real to me. And help me to know you better. Every day I live. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That, my friends, will cause a person to go from death to life. If you did that today, I'd, just, I'd ask you if you'd just be as bold as to come and tell me about it or tell one of the band about it because we'd want to put information in your hand just like someone did to me like 35 years ago and it'll help you to get established and rooted. Okay, sound fair? Father, I just thank you for your richest blessing on this group here. And Father, there's more of us that are here today. Bless them, Lord. If people are traveling, I thank you for safety and angels watching over them. Father, we just have mercy on their lives. Thank you, Lord. We just, we just praise you. We love you. Be real to us this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org org.